Hey, thanks for joining us for Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host. You're listening to one of our Dad Talk episodes. This, this is the episode that comes out every Thursday, and we talk to a dad about being a dad. Every Monday, we talk to an expert about something that we should be thinking about as fathers, maybe a conversation you haven't had. And so we do those every Monday, and the Dad Talk comes out every Thursday. That's what you're listening to today. And the purpose of Positively Dad is just to be a resource for dads out there. You know, when, when Terry and I had our daughter Naomi, she's seven, um, you know, I went out looking for stuff so I could go be the best dad ever. And in fact, I even got a shirt that said best dad ever, so I've got to be one, right? There aren't a lot of resources for us to grow as fathers and partners and men. And so that's why finally this March, I started Positively Dad. And I thank everyone who's listened. It's just been an amazing journey. And today we're going to talk to a dad who got some national attention a while back uh, because, well, he went to his employer after his son was born and said, I'd like to take my 12 weeks for FMLA. And his employer said, you don't, you don't get 12 weeks for family medical leave when a baby's born because you're a dad, not a mom. Well, the law says that he does get that time, and, and all credit to his employer. They figured it out very quickly and gave him the time off. And he's now become a bit of an advocate for looking at family leave for moms and dads once their children are born. Most countries on this planet have some type of paid leave for families. There's eight countries that don't have any paid leave, and the United States is one of those, and we're the only developed country that doesn't have some sort of national paid leave program. And David doesn't think that's okay, and I'm with him. I don't think it's okay either. So we're going to hear a little bit about his story today, um, about what he and his family did, what they went through, how they made it work financially, um, what they believe they should be, you know, families should be doing down the road, and what they think lawmakers should be looking at as well. So it's an interesting podcast. David Millender is our guest today. David, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Yeah, yeah, thanks for reaching out. My pleasure. So, um, all right, tell us a little bit about, first of all, your family. Sure. Well, uh, yeah, my family, it's me and my wife, Caitlin, our son, George, our dog, Rowdy, and then we've got a little girl on the way. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks. So, you're welcome. So, um, and when when your son was born, you took some time off, then you went back to work, and then you said, nope, I got to go back home. Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. My son was born uh, in early January 2016. Um, he was actually born the Monday after New Year's weekend, so January 4th. And it was kind of funny. I remember that night uh, before he was, my wife went into labor. Before going to bed, I told my wife, boy, I really don't want to go to work tomorrow. And then the next morning, uh, she woke me up and said, hey, you don't have to go to work today. My water broke. So oh my I cut her to the hospital instead. Wow. Uh, the Yeah, the employer that I worked for um, at the time, it was a financial services firm in Denver, Colorado. And they provided all new parents with five days of leave. So new mothers, new fathers got five days of paid leave. So, Which is unusual, by the way, I mean, in, in this country to even have any paid time without having to use your sick time or vacation time. So to give you that was cool, right? It was, yeah. I thought, wow, this is uh, this is pretty progressive, um, especially for a company in the financial services sector. Uh, right. Very progressive. I thought it was a, you know, it was part of their competitive benefits package, um, which is part of why I signed on to work with them. Um, but yeah, so I, my wife went into labor, brought her to the hospital, sent an email to my supervisor and said, hey, my wife's in labor. She sent an email back, said, congratulations, this is day one of your five days. 
So my son was born uh, that evening after a long day, and I stayed home the next four days uh, with my wife and son while the next day in the hospital. Then we came home after that, and it was just a whirlwind. I mean, having another person in your house who completely reliant on you for absolutely everything. Right. And then my wife was still recovering from giving birth to him. And so she was relying on me for nearly everything. So had a week at home with them and then it was Monday again and I had to go back to work and um uh, just that uh bus ride down into the city in Denver felt like the longest bus ride ever. Yep. And those days were just uh the slowest, longest days. I just spent the time looking at the clock, you know, counting down the minutes till I could get back home. And then when I was at home, I was kind of agonizing over having to go back to work. Uh, so it was just not a not a great time. But my wife was at home with my son. She got six weeks of short-term disability leave. Um, that was uh, because her doctor wrote a note for her to get six weeks off, which I guess okay. was, it's the national standard. Okay. Uh, which I find kind of strange that rather uh-huh. than it uh, be parsed out patient by patient, it's just kind of a standard that all new mothers will get six weeks of disability. Um, so she had six weeks at home with them, and then we pay, face the uh, daunting task of enrolling him in daycare. So at at we six weeks him. old. At six weeks old, yeah. yeah. And that um, doesn't sound like that's at all what you wanted to do. That was just out of necessity no, it, based on your employment. That's right. Yeah, it it felt like we weren't in the driver's seat as the parents. Instead, our employers were telling us what kind of parents we were going to be and what we were going to be able to do and not do with our child. And that just seemed, uh, it seemed wrong on every level because after, I mean, we're going to work to make money for our family, but our family's not coming first. Okay, so you go back after five days, another, you know, five weeks or so passes and your wife goes back. And at some point you said, this isn't going to work, right? So tell me about that. Yeah, so our son was in daycare. Um, we were essentially zombies at home because we we're both working and then taking care of an infant, you know, staying up all night with him and then panicking, getting things together in the morning to go drop him off at daycare. Um, and then kind of the rush coming home and panicking to get dinner on the table and go to bed. And it was a grind. It really took its toll on us. Um, then by about mid-March, uh, we got some bad news in my family. My grandmother passed away. And so um, in addition to getting five days off when you welcome a new child into your family, my employer allowed five days of bereavement um, for the loss of a family member. So I took the full five days. We went out to rural Iowa where my family lives uh, for the funeral services. And being out there and being around family and such and talking to my parents, talking with my aunts and uncles, it, spending that extra time with my son especially and seeing just what a source of joy he was in my life. Uh, my wife and I talked on that drive back to Colorado and we decided, you know, we need to look and taking some more time off here. And so it was a you know, conversation that we were having of trying to figure out how do we get some more time off. And then, lo and behold, the company that I worked for got acquired by another company, and so they sent out a new HR manual to everyone in the office. And given that I worked in the compliance department, when they said, hey, you need to sign off that you read and received the new HR manual, well, I sat down and actually read the whole thing. Uh Sure. And when I read it, there was a paragraph in there about uh, taking leave under the Family Medical Leave Act, the federal law. 
and it said that all new parents are entitled to up to 12 weeks of unpaid leave uh, when they welcome a new child into their family. So, oh, new parents, that would be me. I'm a right. parent. Right. And so uh signed off that, yep, I've read this whole HR manual and then notified my supervisor after talking with my wife and said, hey, I want to take 12 weeks off um, of FMLA leave because my son was born this year and I qualify. And she said, hey, good for you. Um, you know, I'll send this up to my supervisor. So she sent it up to her supervisor and I got an email back from them, which was quite surprising. And they said, oh, you know, thanks for letting us know, David, but you're not a new mom, so we don't think you qualify. So they didn't understand the federal law. No, they didn't understand the federal law. And that was our, our local supervisors there in the Denver office. And uh-huh. um, so there was a bit of back and forth where I you know, was sending them. I was like, this is what it says in the HR manual. This is what the relevant statute says. It doesn't say new moms. It says new parents. Parents include dads. I'm a dad. Right. Therefore, right. I qualify. Um, ultimately, the, the HR department uh, got involved, too, and they cleared it up pretty quickly and said, yes, he clearly qualifies. Here's let's start the enrollment process right now. Um, and they referred me to an outside vendor that worked for the company that handled the paperwork for FMLA leave and processed it as quickly as they could. And a week later, I was packing up the things from my desk because company policy, they didn't want me to leave anything there for 12 weeks. Okay. And I was on my way out the door to spend 12 weeks with my son. Yeah. Tell me about that 12 weeks, you and your son. Well, the first day was fantastic. I mean, I packed up my office, uh, put every, you know, rode home on the bus, got in my car at the park and ride, drove over to his daycare and packed up all of his stuff from daycare and kind of, you know, bid them goodbye for the time being. And it just felt uh, victorious to be walking him out of daycare, knowing that the next workday that comes around, it's going to be me and him at home instead of me dropping him off with these strangers, more or less. Uh, and that was that was amazing. It was springtime in Colorado that him and I were at home together. So we had these warming, sunny days. We were able to go on walks around the neighborhood. I was able to just be there with him and really bond with him. Um, the first day, so I spent the whole first day with him. And that first night was the first night that he slept through the night. Wow. And so my wife and I thought, wow, progress already. You know, with yeah. that special attention that a parent can give him. <laughs> and we're already seeing benefits. By the end of the week, he'd rolled over for the first time. So we thought, that? again, you know, we're hitting these milestones now. And I think it's because he was getting that that love and that attention that every kid should have from their parents. But so, 12 weeks, 12 yeah, weeks ahead, went sorry. by too quick. I mean, as a parent, all time goes by too quick. That 12 weeks went by quickly, too. But it's uh, it was a fantastic time. Uh, we really, I think, bonded and got to know each other. We got into our little routines of, you know, we're going to go to story time at the library or it's, you know, Wednesday, so we're going to go to the park. Um, really, it was we had a lot of fun together. That's great. Did your wife take the 12 weeks also at that time? Did she take an additional six or what would, What did she do? Yeah, so my wife, uh, she hadn't been at her employer when my son was born. She hadn't been at her employer long enough to qualify for FMLA leave because you have to be with your employer for one year before you can take leave. Um, So she hit the one-year mark right when I was finishing up my 12 weeks. So then when I went back to work, she was able to take additional time off. I see. So that extended that time a little bit for your son to not have to go back to daycare because you go back to work and your wife stayed at home for a period of time. 
Exactly. Yeah, so we were able to keep him out of daycare until, um, I think it was until mid or late September. Wow. So he was born in, in what, March? No, January. 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 So nine months. Uh, he was in daycare for a short period of time. And then basically, though, nine months at home before you two had to go back and work and make money. And That's I think right. that, yeah, so that leads to the next question, which, I mean, were you prepared financially for you to take three months off without pay? We took a hit. Um, we definitely took a financial hit. I think that our family is a little unique because my wife and I both graduated uh, from college and I got out of law school during the height of the financial recession. And so when we kind of set out into the our career path, neither of us would have a job at uh, one time or only one of us would have a job at one time. And a lot of them were just a string of gigs that we could line up. And so we kind of structured our family's finances around just one of us having a job or one of us having an income and made sure that we didn't spend beyond that. And so the prospect of one of us being out of work for an extended period of time to be with our son was a shock that I think we could take a little more easily than a lot of other families could because we lived pretty modestly. Um, it, we still had to, with the additional costs of just having a child, the additional medical expenses, feeding and clothing, um, we did have to liquidate our retirement savings. Um, got very frugal about cutting coupons, looking for sales. Um, we weren't eating out. We weren't going on vacations, none of that. Uh, even in the time leading up to the birth, his birth, we we really cut back so that we could save up uh, a war chest of cash because we didn't know what to expect. And taking all that time off, we spent it all down. Um, so it was, it was tough. Um, I think it was easier for us than it would be for a lot of families. Uh -huh. And another thing that really made it easier for us as far as the planning goes was that my wife and I were making approximately the same. I know for a lot of my friends that I talk to, the father typically makes a lot more than the mother does um, because of uh, income disparity in our country. And so a lot of dads can't take that time off or the, you know, they're the primary breadwinner. Uh, for our family, we're co-equal breadwinners. So it was a flip yeah. of a coin, really. Yeah, a lot of families are dependent. Well, I mean, right now we have more families dependent on two incomes than any time in our country's history. So, right. you know, the fact that you guys were set up, except you shouldn't have to go through your retirement when you have a baby. No, no, it, it seemed like we were, uh, yeah, we we're trading later years for, for, you know, weeks right now. Yeah. So you've gotten some attention just based on your story and what you've, you know, what you feel about it and what you've done and what your, the, the minor mistake, I guess we could call it, that your company made. It sounded like they cleared it up pretty quick. Um, yeah, but, yeah, they did. <laughs> what, what do you think is the solution? I think the solution is a, a national paid family leave policy. I, I think it's, uh, frankly, it's, it's kind of despicable that we hold ourselves out there as, you know, being the superlative example of what a modern country should be of this wonderful society that we've built. But then when you look at our laws and our policies and the way people are, people are treated, they don't reflect what we actually value. I mean, everyone, if you talk to them about what's most important, they'll say their families are. But we don't have laws that really protect our families or place the importance on our families. So I think that having a national paid family leave policy would go a long way in, in solving these problems. I think that it would treat both fathers and mothers as equal parents. 
because now dads and moms can take the time off of work, whether they're a two-income household or whether you know one or the other makes more income than the other. Um, and I think it would take away a lot of the stigma that's associated with taking time off of work. Um, part of why my employer said, hey, you're not a new mom, we don't think you qualify for this, is I found out from them that in all of the my supervisor's time working there, supervising over 100 people, they'd never had a dad ask for leave under the FMLA. Right. That just isn't something that's a norm in our society. Right. And I think if we have a, a national policy that says new parents, regardless of the parent, can take paid leave off, I mean that would really that would really help solve it. Um, well, it would. I mean, the, the very yeah. one of the very first podcasts we did, we talked to a professor from from Ball State University that looked at it and and said, like, not only you know should dads home should dads stay home, dads need to stay home for multiple reasons. And and I think you mentioned them. Number one, you talked about how this helped your son, right? He he mm-hmm. slept through the night the first time. I mean, certainly, I can't imagine that you're twelve weeks was, you know, pink fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. And yet at the no, end of the day, of, yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of mess. <laughs> yeah, sure. And at the end of the day though, that you're what you're telling me is you believe that the attention that you were able to give your son directly and then your wife after you went back to work to give him, I mean that had a massive impact. And and that's what the study from Ball State said that if dad stays home it helps their kids. The other thing it said though is that when dad stays home it helps the relationship because quite frankly there are just as dads, there are things that we didn't do in the process of having a baby and we can't do after the baby's born. So we've got to help in other ways. How did this help your relationship with you and your wife to be able to stay home? I think it made us a lot closer. Um, like, I, I think you really hit it on the head there that there, frankly, are some things that physically we didn't do in the birthing process and that we cannot do and that we'll never understand. Um, you know, the toll that some of those things take. Um, the best we can do is be there for our spouse. And I think taking that time off of work to be there for my son, it was also me being there for my wife because I was able to take on more responsibility during the day, um, make sure that when she's coming home from work, because uh, we're still breastfeeding during that time. So, you know, she's coming home and trying to manage a pump and bottles and all of these other things. And I can make sure that she comes home and we've got a nice meal prepared, that the groceries are taken care of, the laundry is taken care of, helping out around the house. And I think it was just reducing that level of stress, reducing all of those things that you have to do as a family with a new a new child. Um, it really made us, uh, it allowed us to be a lot closer with one another because then when she came home from work, we could relax. We could have fun with our son. And then when it was time to put him down to bed, we actually had time for her and me rather than us panicking about getting ready for the next day. Right. So I'm curious about what what you think. There's been some talk recently from Congress about, okay, maybe we let you borrow from your Social Security um, to, to give you some time off. There's a, a new idea that came out that you can take an advance on the tile ta- uh, tax credit. It would be five grand a $5,000 advance on that uh, child tax credit. What are your thoughts on those types of policies? Because this still is not an alignment, right? I mean, we're one of eight countries on the planet that doesn't have some sort of policy and the only developed country that doesn't have a paid parental leave program. So what do you think about those two ideas? Yeah, those ideas, they actually kind of worry me. Um, 
I know that tax policy is often the way that Congress tries to tinker with social policy. Um, it seems like a rather blunt instrument to do it with. Um, I mean, it, just if you look at other programs where they try to use tax policy to affect environmental change, it's it's very slow. It's very ineffective. Um, same thing with you know financial policies. We want to encourage people to save. Well, tax policy is not the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, poverty alleviation. Tax policy doesn't alleviate poverty. Um, people are people are poor. Give them money, and they won't be poor. I mean, that's that's kind of my philosophy on that. But as far as uh, and the same thing goes for having people borrow against their social security. If you already have households that are that requires two incomes just to make ends meet, um, or if you have households like mine who intentionally try to live very frugally so that they can get by in their day-to-day, it's not right to tell them that you need to borrow from your future to make things okay today. I mean, that that just isn't a fair ask to make of anyone. We're one of the wealthiest countries on the planet. Um, we've got we definitely have the resources to make these things happen. I think that we just need to fund them and make them a priority rather than putting the onus on the parents who are already stressed. And so I'd like to see some other financial reallocation um, to prioritize these things or maybe have a more progressive taxation of higher income levels. And that could fund this entire program instead of putting it on the backs of working parents who are already trying to just put foot on food on the table and keep diapers in the closet. I'm curious then if you were to write the policy, what would it look like? If I were to write the policy, I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of great examples that are out there. And I don't think that we need to reinvent the wheel. I know we as Americans like to, to think of ourselves as innovators. Well, we're behind the ball on this one. Everyone else has innovated. We can learn from their lessons, learn from their mistakes. I really like what they're doing over in Scandinavia. Uh, They've got some of the longest parental leave times. Uh, They allow you to break it up incrementally so you don't have to take it all as one solid block. Um, So, you know, you can take a week here, a month there. Um, Some of them even allow you to break it down. So let's just say that you go back to work on half days. Well, they let you go back on half days. Um, If I could write the policy, I would want to put that flexibility in there. I think it should get as close to possible for uh, full wage replacement. I mean, even if you can't do 100% wage replacement for the time that someone's off, I think 85% should be the minimum threshold. Um, I think that it should also be for an extended period of time. Six weeks, five days is better than nothing, but it's woefully inadequate. Six weeks, still woefully inadequate. 12 weeks was nice, but if you think about Putting a 12-week-old in daycare, that's terrifying. I think that we need to at least have six months, maybe look at a year of parental leave. Um, I know some of the countries give you 18 months, and you can divvy that up between the parents as you see fit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you might have overlapping time period of just 12 months where the father takes the first six, the mother takes those 12 months. And then when your child's a year old, they're enrolled in child care. Right. I think that's a great way to do it. Well, there's lots of countries that have figured that out, Canada being one, right? I mean, they have massive That's amount right. of time off up there, so they've, they've figured it out, and, and it could probably be done here. So as we put and maybe, a ball on... Maybe that's, a, maybe that's another thing we need to, to think about, is that it's not time off. 
Yeah, it's that's time true. with your family. And right. I think that when I went back to work after taking that time with my family, I was a better employee mm-hmm. because I felt better about what was going on at home. That's a very valid point. And you said it earlier, when you were going back to work, all you could think about was being at home. And, and I, I've said this to many people before. Are, are you ever in a position that when you're at work, you feel guilty that you aren't at home. And then when you're at home, you feel guilty that you're not working. And that to me does not sound like a great life. And especially mm-hmm. when you're, you've brought a, a new you know, child into your family, this is, this is not, we're not on this planet to work. We work to provide the life that we'd like to live. And, um, you know, it's not, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's too much to ask to be able to spend some time with your family. Uh, five days is wildly amazing in this country. It doesn't exist and it's not enough. And, um, you know, what, what's the spot that we can get to that, that makes it good for everyone, right? So that you can spend time at home, be with your family and also still have your job, still have income coming in, and then be a great employee who would stay forever. I mean, it seems like if your company said, we're going to pay you, even if they said 12 weeks, we'll pay you. You'd work there forever. Oh, yeah. You'd work there forever. Okay, so a couple of questions as we wrap up, and and that is, you've got a daughter coming. What's your plan? Uh, So, yeah, it's a a long story. So after... After I took the 12 weeks off with my son, I, I ended up going back into the workforce, uh, worked for about another uh, gosh, it was 15 months or so, um, and then uh, ended up taking an extended leave, which I'm still on, so I could spend more time with my son. Again, we've, we've kind of structured our family's finances so that uh, only one of us has to be working at one given time. And so this allowed me to focus on doing some nonprofit work, um, doing a little bit more pro bono work, and then really spending a lot more time with my son. So with our daughter coming this November, um, right now I'm not working, I'm looking at potentially staying out of the workforce to keep pitching in at home. Um, this is really the work that I found that I love to do, is being with my family, being with my son, looking forward to being with my daughter. Uh, my wife and I are saving every penny that we can because she's planning on taking um, some leave under the Family Medical Leave Act as well as her short-term disability, but I mean, short-term disability only reimburses at like 60% of wages, and then that's only for six weeks, and it'll be six weeks unpaid. Um, so we're we're planning and preparing for that as best we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We, <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see. And so based yeah. on your experience, I mean, here's what you've done. You've you've set up your family to make it at least work. It's not ideal. It works. It, it takes yeah. some of the stress away is what I'm hearing financially. It takes some of that financial stress away. Not not every family is set up that way. What advice would you give to families who are listening and are expecting so that they can be able to spend the time they desire to spend? Because I don't think many people are going, I can't wait to get back to work. What advice would you give them as we wrap up? Uh, I think it's worth having an honest conversation with your employer. Um, it can be daunting to do on your own, um, but there's always power in numbers. Um, everyone in, in my work group where I worked, we're essentially all parents um, or parents-to-be. And I think that it, when I took extended leave, it really got some conversations going at my workplace among the other dads of saying either, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Um, or, hey, how can we get them to give us, you know, a little bit better deal? 
So I think getting those conversations going in the workplace is, is really worthwhile. Um, a lot of people are really stressed and are really squeezed from all sides from things that are out of their control, um, whether it's auto loans, the really high cost of rent, or the skyrocketing student loans. Um, and so that's that's something that it's difficult, and I that's something that my family still struggles with. I don't know if I have good advice on that. Um, it's just sitting down, looking at your family's budget, looking at your finances, and saying, how can we prioritize what we want to prioritize, and what are we willing to cut to make that happen? And I don't know. For me, it it ended up being worth it. I'd rather spend a week at home with my son then go out for dinner. Yeah. Um, not everyone's going to come down on the same side of that decision. Um, but I think well, most of the people who listen to this podcast will. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to sit down and figure out what's right for your family. And it sounds like That's you've right. done that. And uh, best of luck as you champion this effort. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, businesses will take us, uh, you know, will we'll pay attention and maybe lawmakers will eventually pay attention and we'll see this opportunity for families to be able to spend time together. So, David, I, I do appreciate you taking the time out to join us today. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks to David for sharing his story, and I hope that it helped you. One thing I'd recommend if you are expecting, um, you've maybe recently just become a father, uh, I'd go back and listen to episode number three. And in episode number three is where we talked with uh, the professor at Ball State University who did the study on why dads taking leave is so important. So I go back and listen to that just to have some reference and then think about what does this mean for you and your family. You know, David was set up in a way that that he and his wife could do that. Not all families are that way. And then are you talking to lawmakers about, you know, what what policies we, you know, you believe would be the most beneficial for families? Are you talking with your employer about what benefits might be available? Maybe you uh, own a business and you employ people. What, what benefits could you offer? You know, there's no easy solution. And I think, though, we all would agree that time at home with, our, with a new family is, is really important. I want to thank you for taking time out to listen to Positively Dad today, one of our Dad Talk episodes. If you enjoyed it, would you rate us on whatever platform you're listening on? Uh, five stars would be awesome. And then would you share it as well? Subscribe, too, so that all of them get downloaded straight to your device and you never miss an episode. And then follow us on our social media pages. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's at Positively Dad. And then if you'd like to be on the podcast for one of our Dad Talk episodes, just reach out to me. My email address is james at positivelydad.com, and I'd love to have you on. So again, we thank you, thank you, thank you for your support and for listening, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon on Positively Dad. I'm James Shaw. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.